mysteries coming at you. Coming at you. Mysteries coming for your soul. Your soul. Mysteries coming at you. At you. Mysteries coming for your ass. For your ass. Mysteries coming at you. Mysteries in your teacup. Mysteries by that old man. Mysteries under your bed. Mysteries coming at you. Mysteries all up in your nan. Mysteries. Coming at you, mysteries up in your attic. attic. Mysteries in your garden shed. Hmm. Mysteries under the bridge. Water. Mysteries in a dark cave. cave. Mysteries. The dark of night. Dark times. I wish I knew what the actual chord was for the thing. Uh, like the, the, you yeah. know, the, the ultimate chord. Yeah, the ultimate. It's never really, never really finished chord. for me there. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that's like a strange little Peruvian mm. guitar. Yeah. Uh, we don't even know what the, the tuning for it is. So. No, it's called a charango. A charango. Charango. Shout out to the charangos. Charango. They were once made out of armadillo shells. Were they? Wow. Mm. Cool. Well, that's a good fact in itself. Yeah. Armadillo shells. Yeah. Cool. Armadillo. Armadillo. That's so cool, man. Oh. Armadillo. Armadillo. So welcome, everybody, to Mystery Monday. Mondays. We hope that your week has got off to a bang, <laughs> in a good way. Um, we're here to make everything suddenly very mysterious. Mm. mysterious. It is Bullwinkle's turn Hello, everybody. to bring us a mystery this week. Mm. Um, so, young bull... Are you ready? I was born ready. Mm-hmm. People watching, are you ready? I was born ready. 
gladiators. Are, are you ready? Oh. <laughs> Contestant, are you ready? <gasps> oh, God. Oh. Oh. I'm gonna blow your nose, mate. Say Binkle. Bullwinkle. Binkle. What's the, um... Say Binkle. Say Binkle. Say Binkle. What's well, the mystery you got for us this week? What's it called? This let's, week. Let's preface this. I am going to be telling you the mystery of the Pollock sisters, or the Pollock twins, whichever you want to go for. The Pollock twins? Well, I guess sister, um, twins is more specific. Mm. Yes, well, not quite. You'll, you'll see why, though. You'll see why. Should we get straight into it? Let's do it. So, in the 1940s, Florence and John Pollock were married, and in 1946, after having two sons, they welcomed their first daughter, who was named Joanna. In 1951, Florence gave birth to another baby girl named Jacqueline. Despite their age differences, the two girls had an extremely close bond. Joanna liked to take care of Jacqueline and saw herself as the ultimate big sister. Since their mother was busy running the family's grocery delivery business, Joanna saw herself as a second mother to her little sister. They enjoyed playing dress up and pretend, and generally just enjoyed being around each other as, you know, you would with a, with a sibling. What was the age difference again, man? Sorry? Um, so, five years. Five right. years. Five years. That's quite, that's fairly big, I think, when you're young. Mm. Yeah. I mean, when you're really young. Oh, yeah. So my brother's oh, yes. only three years older than me, but I felt like there was quite a big difference, yeah. sort of mm, like yeah. when I, I was really young. Especially when you were toddlers. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Eerily, Joanna would always state that she would never grow up to become a lady. She would always say that she would remain a child forever. No one took her seriously <laughs> and chalked it up to the child's creative imagination. On May 7th, 1957, however, six-year-old Jacqueline and 11-year-old Joanna were walking to church with a young neighborhood boy, as they often did. While they were walking, a car came up behind them and purposefully hit them at an incredibly high speed, killing all three of the children. The Pollock sisters died instantly, and the little boy uh, they were with died from his injuries at the hospital. The woman who was driving the car had just lost her children in a custody battle and was feeling angry and upset and was actually trying to take her own life. Well, she failed By miserably. taking three kids' lives. Mm -hmm. This is apparently a story that like went around the whole UK and everything and like it was like a big story and then she ended up in like a psychiatric hospital, the woman and everything. Pretty big story. Damn. Damn, son. So when learning about her children's deaths, Florence fell into a deep depression that lasted quite a long time. I'm not surprised. As you would. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine something like that. John, on the other hand, had spiritual belief that the girls were in heaven or that they'd be reincarnated. He said that he would have dreams about the girls and also felt some sort of presence in their bedroom. He claimed that every time he would go in there, he felt like he wasn't alone. John always had a fascination with reincarnation and would pray to God to bring his daughters back. Florence, on the other hand, was a very strict Catholic and never toyed with any of John's notions about reincarnation. This put such a strain on their relationship that they almost got a divorce. However, they stayed together and got pregnant again. From the beginning of the pregnancy, John thought that there were two babies, despite the doctor only claiming there to be one. However, John would keep insisting that there were two, and the doctor was proved wrong on the day 
uh, that the twins, Gillian and Jennifer, were born on October 4th, 1958. Twins never ran in the family, and Florence never felt like she had two fetuses growing in there. Although I'm not sure how you can tell. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. Oh, I could definitely tell I got two fetuses yeah. growing inside me. Um, eerily, the Double newborn kicks. twins had the exact same birthmarks that Joanna and Jacqueline had had, and it was this that made Florence start to seriously consider her husband's belief. Um, Jennifer had a small birthmark on her left hip, which mimicked a birthmark that Jacqueline had. She also had a birthmark on her forehead, which was similar to a small scar that Jacqueline had had in the same spot. And then the other one had, like, scars and stuff that would, you know, be the same as, um... The other child. The other child, exactly. So their their counterpart, essentially. When When the twins were three months old... Oh, no, sorry, I've skipped a little bit then. When the twins were old enough to talk... They began identifying and requesting toys that had belonged to their sisters who had passed on by name. Mm. First of all, how creepy is that? So, well, so they knew the names of the toys that, that their kids that had the given kids them had the previous. Yeah, not yeah. just like Bear. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Roger. Roger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oi, Roger. Jeff, come here. <laughs> Even saying that they had received them from Santa, which was true as well. Oh. When the twins were three months old, the family relocated to Whitley Bay, which is east of Hexham. As the girls got older, however, it became clear that Gillian and Jennifer seemed to remember Hexham in detail. Despite not growing up in the small town, they would point out landmarks that only Joanne and Jacqueline would have known, like the school they attended. Florence and John also noticed noticed that the twins had very similar personalities when compared to their older counterparts. While Joanne was very protective of her younger sister Jacqueline that we talked about earlier, Gillian seems to be more mature than her twin sister. Gillian, who was born 10 minutes before Jennifer, also looked after her twin much like Joanne looked after Jacqueline. Um, The parents also also noted that the twins even enjoyed the same games and foods as their siblings. For the first few years of the twins' life, Florence continued to reject John's suggestions that the pair had been reincarnated. After finding the, the twins talking about the car accident, however, she changed her mind. On one occasion, Florence overheard the girls playing a game where they recreated their sister's accident. Gillian was cradling Jennifer's head, telling her, The blood's coming out of your eyes. That's where the car hit you. Are you kidding me, man? How crazy is this? If this is true, then that's mental. Mm-hmm. Imagine it. Also, that'd be really dark and upsetting for me. Like if I was like the dad, right, mm. and I walked into that, that would be like quite an overwhelming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really it wouldn't be like, thing. oh, I told you, they're reincarnated. It'd be yeah. like, oh no, like my current daughters are like going on about how it's like blood cut, and it's like you know referencing mm. my over- my other daughters that have already died, which you're obviously never going to get over. Yeah, like never. These children did certainly exist. That's as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, no, there's like photos of them and everything. Oh, yeah, and they yeah, look yeah, quite yeah. similar. I'll get those photos yeah, up yeah. in a little bit. Mm. Um, so, uh, on another occasion, Gillian pointed to Jennifer's birthmark on her forehead and said, that is the mark Jennifer got when she fell on a bucket. Whoa. Both twins were also noted to be scared of oncoming cars and would have constant nightmares of being hit by cars, so much so that they were diagnosed with a fear of them. Shit, that's crazy, man. Crazy. You're diagnosed with the fear of cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have um, car cartosis. Car phobia. Car phobia, cartosis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
shortly after the twins turned five, the memories of their past lives slowly began to fade away as they went on to live normal lives. While the twins lost their memories of the accident entirely, Gillian later recalled experiencing visions of herself playing in a sand pit at a home in Wickham. While Gillian had never been to Wickham, she was able to perfectly describe the house and garden that matched the home that Joanna had once lived in with her parents at four years old. So pretty crazy stuff. Mm. Uh, the story of the Pollock sisters made its way to Dr. Ian, Dr. Even, Jesus, Dr. Ian Stevenson, um, a psychologist who studied reincarnation. After studying thousands of reincarnation cases, Dr. Stevenson wrote a book telling of 14 which he believed to have been real, including that of the Pollock sisters. Whether this is whether or not the actual occurrence of reincarnation exists has yet to be explained, however, and may be a mystery until the end of days. Mm. Pretty cool, though. Mm. Just a cool little short mystery for you there. Mm. I thought the craziest bit was... I, the two bits which blew my mind was when they were saying that they would, like, randomly refer to their, like, older sisters, mm. you know, older mm. sisters, toys by name. That's like because there's no way a kid would like know that, you know? Yeah. No, obviously unless their parents had like talked about it. Yeah, that was the thing. Like with the accident, whether it was something that was like talked about with the family, or Mm. would they not ever really want to talk about that to the kids Mm. and stuff, especially that young age? They'd probably wait until they're a bit older Mm. or something. So it's like that if they had that memory and they were reenacting, you know, that kind of thing happening. Mm. Was it something that came from the parents or was it, uh, yeah, was it a real memory that was etched Mm, into their soul? I find, like, reincarnation stories absolutely fascinating, though, and, like, Mm -hmm. past life uh, stories and stuff. I I remember watching, like, a few documentaries and and that you can, like, see on YouTube and everything. It is, like, really interesting. Oh, yeah, Yeah, for sure. Super interesting. For sure, man. Yeah, and it is like these, what you said as well, but about them fading by the time they were around five. Mm-hmm. I remember watching these um, documentaries, and it was between like zero and like three or four. Yeah. Like they were when the memories were the strongest mm. and al- almost like innocent um, and it's almost projections like, of, of It's memory. almost like you're growing out of that. Yeah, that you're growing like into your new soul, personal, your new yeah. life. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, and it was really interesting. Like, yeah, these kids would, uh, and a lot of it was was like nightmares. Like what you said about nightmares. It wasn't. It wasn't something like a fantastical. Um, oh, I'm. I was this in this past life. It mm. was like almost like terrors that were happening to these little kids. Um, because of nightmares they were having and then when the parents would ask them about it they would talk about like certain things that happened you mm. know that, that were quite mm. horrible mm. and and they'd be able to check that as against like you know um stories that they found and yeah things. like a really interesting one was um was this this uh this this i think it was a little a little boy and he was saying about um, that he was he was taken like taken captive mm-hmm. by by nasty indians like nasty like this is in like in america mm. and um um the long and short of the short of the story this kid was was um explaining this um person that had like tattoos that this this woman that she was in this like previous life mm. that had tattoos and like had this like scar on on it on her neck and um when 
the mum looked into like really old newspapers. And, I like, know they about found, the did you woman know about this with story? the scar and the tattoo. Yeah, 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 and it was and it was this story about and a woman was, that was captured and then yeah, raised as an Indian. Yes, and then, and then traded with another tribe, mm. and because she said, "Oh, the first ones that captured me were horrible to me, and they like mm. raped her and stuff like that." Yeah. But then the second tribe were like really kind. And to she her. just sort of integrated into yeah. it. Yeah, and I remember like reading that story and just thinking like, yeah, you it's can so even see black and white pictures yeah, of her. I think. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's Whoa. what. That's what. When when I saw that story, that was that's one so of them cool. that stuck out. In my see, I didn't know that from the reincarnation story. I just knew that from the historical story. So that's really cool. That's like a little bridge there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm. Very cool interesting. I found it real creepy as well how she was saying that, how the story was saying that the dad, like, literally called it and was like, they're going to be reincarnated. They're going to be reincarnated. Mm. Like, there's two children coming out. There's not one. And the doctor was like, no, no, there's one. Only one child. Yeah, that is weird. I guess, like, skeptics, like, um, I know, like, you know, skeptics would obviously just say, you know, it was like a coincidence. And they might also say that, like, because of the, the maybe almost like the mental breakdown that the parents had, they were almost like, maybe without even realizing themselves, almost like making Projecting. that happen, yeah, like yeah. imprinting that mm. onto their new kids mm. and, and like believing, sort of making themselves believe that and almost like, almost like, as I said, maybe like subconsciously encouraging their children mm. to, to act like their previous children because that would give them some sort of weird sense of like hope and happiness. Mm. Yeah, but, I've, I've been interested in it in a really long time and I remember like reading these books by this woman called Dolores Cannon and she was one of like oh, yeah. the leading like hip, hip, hypnotists. Right. Yeah. And um, she would like, yeah, like hypnotize people mm -hmm. and they would go into their like subconscious and like start talking about like past lives and things, but like have no waking recollection of talking about it. And mm. she, you know, she would, um, she would like publish these books about these people's cases and that. And it just really made me think it was like a lot of things that like her theories about it were like scars that you have. So it was interesting what you said as well about the scars yeah. being the same. They would, she, she would say that. Uh, birthmarks that, that people would have relate to injuries that you've had in your previous life and like say how you will have maybe died like if you had like one on your side you might have been like stabbed or like had an arrow in your side or something mm. in a previous life and it's all just like interesting things isn't it? it's mm. like I like to speculate and like there's no like massive proof but like it's I found it really interesting when like reading about that kind of stuff you know yeah oh 100% dude Absolutely. yeah it's just things like this one of the reasons it's so fun to talk about is because you know you can't really come to a definitive conclusion mm. so it's just so fun to speculate and just talk about different stories and sort of try and wrap your head around it and think like you know what do I even really think of it do you know what I mean mm. like that's like the the intrigue of it isn't it you know yeah because the other another thing as well like what she would say is that even things that happen to you in your past life mm. could like traumatize you and like seep their way into like this maybe life. phobias you have mm. now yeah, or, yeah yeah and like, like with the cars <laughs> yeah yeah and it made me interested like i wonder if there's anything that's like affecting me in my life now mm. that like is because of something that happened not in this life because i've had a pretty good life mm. like you know like no kind of do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, is, is there is there like hang-ups or is there like things that yeah, like you've got to work through and the thing from that, your previous life? Yeah, like, yeah. The thing that's quite like cool. your fear of the deep blue ocean, Callum. Yeah, yeah like man. were you actually eaten by a shark once? Oh, I hope like, not. Or did something <laughs> drag you into the depths yeah. of your past life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's like when you were saying that, it was, it was making me think as well because that really ties into like a more like, you know, like die-hard actual scientific fact. And that's like, you know, like it, it's like a... a like shockingly high percentage of people either have um, fears of, of, of spiders or snakes or both. Mm. And that's literally, that's like an evolutionary thing 
right back from our earliest ancestors, like before we were even Homo sapiens, like Homo erectus, and maybe even before that. Well, probably, yeah, 100% before that. Because obviously, where, where our ancestors would have lived, mm. um, we would have had to have been scared of spiders and snakes mm. because those things can kill you. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you like sleeping on a tree branch or something like that, like like before Homo erectus came along and it was the first upright ape that walked on two legs and it was actually sort of making more like land-based dwellings, if you were up a tree and then a snake came along and like in the night you accidentally aggravated it and it bit you in like Africa or something like that. Like it there, did, man. there are some really poisonous snakes in Africa and there's some real poisonous spiders in Africa. So it's like even if you live in like a country like we do, um, where like on the whole, you know, we, you know, we do have some snakes and we do have some spiders that can give you a bit of a nasty bite, but none of them are like anywhere near fatal. Mm. So as I was telling, wasn't I, um, when we were, we were at your sister's house, and there is that invasive species, the false widow spider, which originally comes from Spain, that came over in ships, um, in like you know fruit, um, you know like fruit box. deliveries, yeah, del- <laughs> like deliveries by ship. Back yeah. when obviously the main mode of transportation was ship. And um, we d- we do have like false widow spiders now, which are considered an invasive species, which are now the most poisonous spider in the UK. But like their bite apparently is about as bad as a wasp sting. Mm. So unless you ha- if you have a allergic reaction to it, which obviously you wouldn't know until you were bitten by one of them. If you have an allergic reaction to it, you can end up hospitalised. Mm. But obviously that's a rare case. Most people, if they got bitten by a fox, would it would feel like sort of like a wasp sting. So certainly not nice. Mm. But it's not like some of the ones you hear about in Australia or like a black widow. Um, yeah. In like America, where it will like you know, it's like making your like flesh decay, and it's you know what I mean, like making yeah. you full on like you've got like full on fever for like three days mm. and stuff like that. And obviously, same with our snakes, we do have like adders and stuff like that, but it's not like some of the spiders, um, sorry, snakes in the in you know can like kill you. Mm. Like it's like if you don't get like immediate medical attention, like you're dead. You but it's, like, it's so it's interesting, isn't it? It's like what you were saying, obviously about in your past life, you know, your, your things that are fears, like. In a way, that could almost make like more like scientific sense because genetic of, memory. Yeah, because mm. I mean, we all have those genetic memories in terms of like you know, it's natural to be scared of spiders. It's not. Na- it's natural. Like if you see a spider, you suddenly realise that a spider's like on your leg or something on the sofa. Your natural reaction is like, Whoo! yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like if it was like say like a woodlouse, you wouldn't do that, would you? Yeah, you'd be like, mm. oh, all right, mate. <laughs> hey, all right, Ian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> and it's like the same with snakes, isn't it? Like I know like a lot of people that are like, I'm not too bad with snakes or any or like things like that, but like. Yeah, I know that some people are like really scared of them. They're like, oh, you know, they just watch a video. I saw like, this oh. like real funny meme, like not meme, like a little short video on mm. Facebook yesterday or Instagram, and it was they'd put like a um, some guy's mate said like put a fake snake into um, into the. <laughs> <laughs> into the barbecue and this guy he has this thing over his shoulder and his prongs in his hand and he just opens the barbecue and the snake like springs like that and oh. he literally like smashed it on the thing and like was like oh you know if it was if it was anything else you probably would yeah. just be like oh yeah but yeah snake and it it's, was like it's, that instant fear <laughs> it's this like hereditary imprint mm. on our DNA as like a whole entire species isn't it that's like be afraid of this so you could see how like as you said, yeah, maybe if it were on a more like specific level, mm. you know, mm. on a more like localized level, if like something in your DNA is like scared of like a certain thing, like maybe that's why you have like a phobia of it or something like that. Mm. Sure. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's a nice little story anyway, Bullwinkle. Thank you. Thanks for that, lads. Anything more anybody wants to add? I really like incarnation stories, reincarnation stories. Yeah, we can talk more <laughs> about reincarnation in future because it's really interesting. <laughs> Have a nice week, everyone. And remember, when Monday strikes, so does the mice. <laughs> what? <laughs>